and welcome to episode 13 of the Daily MTG Podcast. I'm your host, Trick Jarrett, here with my two co-hosts, Tifa Mayan and Gavin Ver. Hey, how are you guys doing? Great. Ready and excited to talk about some Dragon's Maze. Well, we can't dive into that yet. Settle down. down. We, we have a, another person in the booth with us, another esteemed guest, Mr. Sam Stoddard. How you doing, man? Hello. I'm doing great. It's your uh, your first time in the booth with us. It is. Uh, Happy to be here. Yeah. You and Gavin actually both came, I mean, not at the same time, but within like a year of each other, right? Yeah, about six months or so. About six yeah. months or so. And uh, you're, you're, you're part of the new school of R&D. You're changing it up. You're showing those old gafogies how it's done. Well, mostly the old folks are showing us how it's done, but, oh. you know, either way. <laughs> but it's cool because Sam and I, you know, played a bunch of events together and, you know, did a bunch of stuff outside of Wizards. And then to be able to work together now in the same environment is cool. You know, we get to hang out and, and Sam goes back with a lot of the other developers like Tom LaPelle. So it's great that we all are in the same environment and we've been playing for so long together outside of it. And now we're all here together. Right. It's like a big reunion. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's like a school reunion every single day. You yeah. guys get together and hold hands and sing campfire songs every morning. They're s'mores. S'mores. There you go. Magic s'mores. So with you guys being here you know, for less than roughly a year or a little over that, you uh, Dragon's Maze actually holds a lot of importance to you guys in a lot of – because this is like the first set I think both of you got to work on, right? Uh, I got to work on Ravnica, and I was on the development team for Gate Crash. But oh, okay. yeah, yeah, Dragon's Maze was big right as Sam was entering, yeah. and that was his. That was your first set, right? That was my first set, and it's also the yeah. first set I've actually been on the development team for. So it was a, it was a huge thing for me. That. It's like a, it's a dream come true. It is a dream come true. <laughs> was the first meeting just like the weirdest thing ever? The first meeting was very overwhelming. Not as bad as the first draft mm-hmm. where I, I, I came in, of course, uh, not knowing what was in Ravnica or Gatecrash. And it's like, okay, draft the whole block. Right. I remember coming down to the, the pit and seeing you on the first day you were in here. And your eyes were like bugged out of your head because you were busy going through the stacks of like, here is Magic's future. <laughs> you have to learn all of these cards that no one else knows so that you can quickly get up to speed for playtesting and all right. of that. A lot of uh, development meetings is talking about, well, what if this card did this? And what if we did this card did this? And there's sometimes uh, something comes up where you want to f- figure out a new card because there's a hole. And it's awkward when you suggest cards that already exist. Right. Mm-hmm. Like in the previous set for being a hole. It's like a... No, we already made that card. Oh. Are you sure? <laughs> we could do it again. Yeah, I mean, I was fortunate to start with Ravnica because I got to go through Ravnica and Gate Crash. But to start with Dragon's Maze, and like you said, you're drafting. You open up your Dragon's Maze booster, 15 cards you've never seen or 14 cards you've never seen. Then you open up your Gate Crash booster, and there's 14 more cards you've never seen. And the cards you take in, Dragon, in Dragon's Maze are supposed to build toward your Ravnica and Gate Crash picks. So it's really, really difficult. In, in fairness, the, the the Dragon's Maze booster does have 15 cards I'd never seen. Because <laughs> I also had to learn about the gates. Oh, oh that's yeah, true. That's right. the, the gates, right? You get yeah. a gate instead of your basic land in well, Dragon's one of, Maze. One of the things I was wondering uh, was, like... I wonder how much more difficult it is for a set like Dragon's Maze, which has ten guilds of all these different combinations, versus a set that you know doesn't have all these combinations and has more monocolored cards. So it might be interesting like, to see the difference of development in those two different scenarios. It's certainly a much more difficult set from a development perspective. Uh, I got there sort of in the middle of the process, so I, I missed out on a lot of the early stuff where they actually had to do the structural things where we have to figure out, okay, how many cards of each color, how many monocolor cards. Uh, there's a thing we like to talk about called ASFAN, which is basically when you open up a pack, you know, what, what are the gold card contents or what are the card contents? And a lot of the early discussion was how, you know, how many gold cards per pack are there going to be? And so that would affect how many there are of each rarity. And there's a lot of math that goes into trying to figure it out. Right. 
So, Tifa, did you have, like Sam was talking about, they were talking about the uh, the first instinct, because you've drafted the Dragon's Maze, right? Yes, yeah. I drafted with it this week. Now, you're not even in R&D. How, well, how was that experience of, you know, here are cards in the first pack I've not seen before? I mean, I was I was super excited yeah. to see those cards. It was definitely, I felt like I had to pick both of my first colors right away, which is not a normal feeling. Like, normally I feel like I can go in and be like, all right, well, maybe my first card will help me decide one of my colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, where this was more of like, okay, this might be deciding like my two primary colors already, or I'll be I already know that I'm going into three colors just straight up, and that that felt pretty different than how I normally view like my first few picks. Right. Well, and it's totally crazy too because you have these other two packs to set up for. So you're looking at your Boros cards and your Azorius cards. You're like, okay, I can take a Boros card and an Azorius card, and then I can take the Boros cards and Gate Crash and the Azorius cards and return to Ravnica. And you're trying to figure out what your three color combinations might be, and it's just mind melting. It definitely felt really good to know the next two packs. Like once mm-hmm. I got past that first pack and onto Gate Crash and opening it up and being like, okay, I know all these cards. Like that was a really good feeling because I had an idea of what my deck was doing. So it was like, okay, I'm, I know what cards I'm looking for that can help fill out this deck and make it playable. One of the nice things we actually did with Dragon's Maze that we didn't do with the first Ravnica block was because there are uh, 10 guilds in the first pack and then five in the other two packs, uh, and the way that they're arranged, you actually, as long as you go an arc, which is uh, basically one color and the two next to it, as your three colors, there is no wrong way to go. Uh, if you ever drafted the first Ravnica, you know, you'd, you'd start drafting and you're like, aha, I'm going to get these red, white, and green cards. And then you get to the second pack and you get, uh, you know, some guilds in the second pack. Get the third pack, there are no guilds for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was something that you had to explain to people. No, you go this pack, this these three guilds because they don't work out in the last one. And this one, there there isn't a wrong way. As long as you just go, you know, as long as you go three guilds, you're going to get uh, some, you know, either two in the second pack and one in the first pack or vice versa. Right. I can say that I went Simic, Selesnia, Azorius, which is what I'm the most excited for going. And I went 2-1 against people in R&D. So that, was, that felt really good. But there's more for us to talk about from Dragon's Maze beyond just the ideas of drafting. Uh, along with all 10 guild mechanics from the block, we've added a new thing called Fuse. Uh, Stan, t- tell us some about Fuse. All right, so Fuse is a mechanic that only pl- appears on split cards. And if you have never encountered split cards... Uh, it, they're, they're cool. They actually are just two cards pasted together. And the way that uh, split cards were first introduced in Invasion, and they've sort of come back through the other Ravnica uh, block. And the new thing at this time is that if you have the mana, you don't have to choose. You can just cast both halves. Right. So before, we'd always kind of find these two sort of different effects that uh, might do just very different things. You'd, you'd play them at different times. Well, now, there are two effects that link up where... You know, I can cast either A or B, but if I cast A and B, I get a much more powerful spell. Right. Right. All of them work together, or basically all of them work together in some really exciting way, where either half is great, and if you can pay the fuse cost, you just get something really, really fantastic. Like, for example, you guys have already seen Beck Call, uh, which is a green and a blue on one half, and it says whenever a creature comes into play under your control this turn, you draw a card. And then there's Call on the other half, which is four mana, a white mana, and a blue mana, and then puts four one 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 flying bird tokens onto the battlefield. So drawing cards, getting tokens, or drawing four cards and get, getting four tokens. Right. I actually had this card in my deck, um, and I was never able to cast both at once, but I did cast Beck a couple times, and it was still you know an awesome card because drawing cards is always fun. Yeah. The fuse mechanic is really cool uh, because 
it's something everyone's always wanted to do anyways. Like, it's just one of those things where you're like, oh, I've got two cards on this card. I want to play both of them, and now I can. So it's just, it's awesome. Right. I mean, down in R&D, we, lo- we love letting players do what they want, right? It's like if players have wanted to do this since the inception of split cards, why not eventually give it to them, right? right. We saw them in Invasion. They came back in Ravnica. They, you know, we saw, saw them in Time Spiral. And finally, it's like, okay, they're back this time. We'll give it to you guys. And uh, we especially wanted to bring split cards back because they were in the original Ravnica. It's something that kind of harkens back to the first block. So giving them uh, to you in Drag's Maze is a little nod to that. The flexibility adds this new complexity to of like, okay, do I want to save this for later or do I want to cast half of it now? Right. Until we figure out how to print actual triple cards, <laughs> this, is the, this is a very close thing of, you know, it, it does work kind of like a, a triple card in that there are three modes. Right. So let's talk real quick about one of the number one rules questions I guarantee players are going to have. You cast it with Fuse. You cast back and Call with Fuse. I choose to counter it. Am I countering one side or am I countering the whole thing? You're countering the whole thing. So it is now, when you're casting it with Fuse, it is basically one complete spell that does both things. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. Uh, it's So the interesting thing is that, uh, you know, you've seen Toil and Trouble. Mm-hmm. One side is a black card, one side is a red card. So if you cast either side individually, it's just a black card, it's just a red card. But if you cast them together, it's actually a gold card. So, you know, if you have things that, you know, reference, you know, counter a multicolor spell or something like that, right. if that card even exists, then you would be able to counter, uh, that, but only if they paid the fuse cost. Right. How and would I'll, protection work on something like this? So if you had, uh, if, if, if we had one that targeted, uh, and let's say it's a black-white card that targets. Yep. Right? If uh, they have a creature that has pro-black, um, you can cast the white half to target them, but you cannot cast the fused card to target them because at that point it is both a black and a white card. It's awesome. I, I, I remember when I first saw it and I was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> this, is the, like, this was probably one of my most exciting things, knowing what was coming down the line for all of this block is knowing Fuse was now going to be entering into Magic. So I'm really excited. We're getting it out there. Uh, as Sam mentioned, we've shown you two cards up to this point, Beck and Call and one called Toil and Trouble. Uh, you can find them on Daily MTG in the Card Image Gallery uh, if you don't know them already. There's another card that I'm super excited about that everyone seems to have been expecting, and we're finally, again, fulfilling the, the player's desires, and that is the new Planeswalker, Ral Zarek. Gavin, tell me about Ral. Uh, well, he first appeared in Duels of the Planeswalkers, and now you finally have him in card form. So here's what he does. Ral Zarek, two mana, a blue and a red, starts off with four loyalty, plus one, Tap target permanent and untap another target permanent. So you can maybe get your creatures through or even just untap a land right after you play them. Or your Gilded Lotus. Or your Gilded Lotus if you're crazy like Sam Stoddard. Uh, or your, your uh, Door to Nothingness. I mean, if you're watching crazy. <laughs> I mean, whatever, you're, whatever you're in the mood for, man. you got to think big. Uh, minus two, you get to deal three damage to a creature or player. So it's just straight up Lightning Bolt. He comes down. He starts with four loyalty. So he's just good for two Lightning Bolts right off the bat. That's really exciting. Yep. And his ultimate is super crazy. So check this out, guys. Minus seven, flip five coins. Whoa, whoa, whoa. flip five coins. Five coins. How, how, how is this going to be good? Like, flipping coins never results in good things in Magic. Right, you're like, oh, do I lose? Do I sacrifice him? Like, what happens next? Oh, but, it's so silly, right? <laughs> right, it's so silly. But the really cool thing is you get an extra turn for every heads you flip up. So maybe you put this with Krark's thumb in, like, your commander deck or something <laughs> like that. It just goes super crazy. Or, or, you know, you try and play it in standard, and you just bolt down some creatures, and occasionally you just take some extra turns and do something really, really powerful. But he's a lot of fun to play with. And whenever you activate his ultimate... 
there's this huge moment of trepidation because neither player knows what's going to happen. That's right. It's not like you're just you're doing something and your opponent doesn't know what's going to happen. You're both like it could be zero turns, it could be five turns, it might be two turns. Right. Let's find out. Yeah, I'm excited to see how much constructed play this might make, and also I think it's good and limited, and it's awesome to find a planeswalker that really covers like both bases. Yeah, and the cool thing about Raw, he's good and limited, he's good and constructed, and in constructed, he's both good in control decks as like a bolting machine, and in beatdown decks as a bolting machine and a way to get your creatures through, so he can fit in a myriad of different strategies. Even something like Sam mentioned, with untapping your, your Gilded Lotus can be huge too, it can really ramp you into something big, so Raw opens up a ton of possibilities for decks in standard. Sam, what do you think of Ral? Uh, Ral is really cool. Uh, they're, they're, it is fun to act, activate his ultimate. Uh, you're right. One of the interesting things is that uh, it doesn't seem like it, but there is a non-zero chance, actually a pretty good chance, that you will get zero turns. Sure. It's like a one in, what is it, one, one in 32? Something like that. So, like, there is, like, the more excitement of just, like, you know, sometimes you get five turns. Something, you're going to average, you know, somewhere around, like, yeah. two to three turns. To be fair, you've got an equal chance of both getting zero turns and getting five turns. Yeah. 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 yeah it's a Sam, <laughs> your glass half empty can of gas. I'm glass half full. I'm always getting all five of those turns. I don't know what you're talking all about. All I'm saying is it's more exciting when there's the chance I get zero. Right. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I, come on, zero turns. It's what I've always I'm wanted. Saying, I'm not saying I can't wait for the zero. But I am, it is like, you know. You have the risk of failure. It is right. the risk of failure. It's like I've planned this whole thing out and they get all right. these turns and it's like tails, tails, tails. And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> this, is getting, this is getting dicey. Right. So the thing with Planeswalkers, the first thing everyone wants is they want a Planeswalker who can defend himself. Rao does that twice. You know, you can tap and you can uh, uh, bolt. You know, you got those two mechanics. And then you want the ultimate. And for me, like when I first read Rao, I'm sort of like, oh man, I want the ultimate to be just like the I win. But the thing with our a lot of our I wins is that it's not an immediate win. It's like, okay, I'm going to give you a super head start to possibly win. And then I go, wait, Rao's, Rao's blue-red, which is is it. Even though he's not gilded, is it? He's He's got those colors. So you have to have the randomness in there for the possibility of just gaining, like like, like we said, 3% chance that you get five turns off of this this ultimate. Pretty hard not to win if you get five extra turns. Like If you lose that game, you should probably <laughs> stop playing with Rawls Eric. So he clearly doesn't like you very much. <laughs> so, Tifa, what do you think of Raul? I mean, he's not Cynic. I know that, I know that's a big mark against him in your book, but can you overcome that and yeah. accept him? Yeah, I think so. I mean, two <laughs> lightning bolts, like that's really, like that right there is enough for me to be excited about this card. Um, I might definitely first pick him. I might, you know, switch into one of these colors, second pack or third pack. Like I... I'm really excited to try him out. I probably won't build a constructed deck for it, but I hope to see him in limited. He is going into my alt-win commander deck. I'm just warning you all now. (laughs) He'll go right in there. I I feel like he fits naturally with the theme. Uh, The door-to-nothingness combo jumped out at me as well. I'm very excited about possibly doing that one day. Are you going to play with chance encounter? So you like... (laughs) <laughs> you know, you a bunch of coins. Hopefully, you get a bunch of heads so you can put tokens on your chance encounter. And then... uh, I might. Yeah, I hadn't cool. thought about that one. The development actually spent a lot of time on Raul Zarek because he's a, he's a really exciting card to players. He just showed up in duels, and players have wanted him ever since. And we wanted to make sure he was strong and exciting and fun to play with. And I think we finally got there. We tried out a lot of different ultimates, uh, a lot of different abilities, and between Zach and who's head leading up the set and the whole development team, we came together with a package that's pretty exciting. And you'll definitely see on tournament tables near you. Did Raul come out of development, or was he in at, starting with design? Uh, design put him in the files, mm-hmm. but what he was looked way different at that time. We changed the ultimate. We charged so many ultimates for this guy until eventually somebody just mentioned, what if you flipped five coins right. and it took extra turns? And then 
it all kind of came together from there. Nice. That's cool. So. Yeah, and he's on the key art. Like oh, that's right. Yes, he is sort of. He's sort of the face. He's in the trailer. He's in the he's trailer. The voice of the trailer. Yep. The so narrator. Sam, I actually don't know what guild are you affiliated with. I am Rakdos. Oh, okay. Indeed, not not is it. Not is it, no. So Toil and Trouble is your style? I I, I like Toil and Trouble a lot. I think it's a fun card. I like how how tepid you were, Tifa. You're like, oh, I'm Simic. I don't really want to hang out with this guy. I don't know. There's no matching colors here. Rakdos (laughs) is all about fun. That's right. And I'm all about fun. We only invite fun people to the podcast. It's true. Speaking of fun cards, we we got our preview card for Dragon's Maze, our exclusive preview. We're really good at stopping your opponent's fun. It is. It, it, well, it's fun for us. It's not fun for the opponents. Tifa, why don't you read out? Why don't you tell us what the card is? All right. So we're looking at an Azorius card. Uh, render silent. One white and two blue. It's an instant, and it counters target spell. Its controller can't cast spells this turn. So when I when I saw this card, my first thought was way back. Uh, this card might be older than you, Tifa. I apologize if it is. <laughs> Hey, I'm older is than Gavin. Came, uh, Ga- Gavin, this card might be older than you. I apologize. <laughs> Abeyance from Weatherlight jumped to mind. Did that happen with you guys? Like, where, where did this card come from? Tell me, tell me its story. Well, well actually, I'll tell you an interesting story about Render Silent. Is it was originally in Ravnica, the Return to Ravnica, and then it just kind of got cut for space reasons, and we pulled it into Dragon's Maze. So the idea was, I think it was from the design team originally for Return to Ravnica, and then we pulled it into to Dragon's Maze, mm-hmm. and just kind of stuck the way it was. Players liked what it was doing, and it, it's you know a counterspell with a cool little twist on it. Right, and it, it is a spell that a lot of, you know, sometimes you can look at it and go, well, but how many other spells are you going to cast? Well, because it's not every situation where this is great, but uh, certainly if you look at, uh, for instance, Modern, there are plenty of decks that, you know, they, 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 their shtick is casting a lot of spells in one turn. And, you know, when they, they cast their, you know, middle of their, their combo, they cast a spell, and you're like, eh, you can stop casting their spells too. It's pretty good. Yeah. So for the new players who aren't quite sure how this works, this spell has to resolve for your opponent to stop being able to cast spells. So they can still counter this with their own counter, or they can still do things before this resolves. But until it resolves, like I said, they can do their own things. But once it resolves... They, they are shut down for the rest of the turn. They can still attack, they can still use abilities, but they can't cast spells. A common thing that players like to do against control decks, which will have a lot of counter spells, is they'll play a bait spell. So they'll play their smaller spell before they play their bigger spell to try and get you to waste a counter spell on it. So in this case, they might play their you know little 2-mana 2-2 and even counter it, knowing that they can't cast the other spell in their hands. So you can right. untap safely with more counter backup. Right. You know, and for the same mana cost as Cancel... Just with a white mana added into it, you get a great bonus. So if you're playing white-blue, this is just a great card to play over something like Cancel, and you just get a great option on top of that. Right. Yeah, I, I did notice that. I was like, oh, wow, three is actually really good. Yeah. The thing with Dragon's Maze is it's a small set, and I think this is sort of where people were... This might have been one of the trepidations players had coming into these previous seasons, is how do we fit ten guilds into a small set when we've split five guilds into two large sets? And I think they're going to be excited. Like, I think we do a lot of great things in here. We do a great job of bringing all ten mechanics into this set and uh, all ten guilds into this set. And Render Silent is a perfect example of embodiment of Azorius in a small set. I mean, something we really wanted to do with Dragon's Maze is we kind of gave you... Okay, so in Return to Ravnica, we gave you 
the five guilds. We showed you what they were all about, what they were doing. And Gatecrash, we gave you five more guilds, showed you about what they were doing. Dragon's Maze is like, here's a bunch more cool cards for the things you liked that reinforce the themes you were doing. So you've got an Azorius deck, great. There's awesome cards with the Tain and Counterspells and all the stuff you'd want from Azorius. You've got a Rakdos deck, you've got some nice beaters in the set that can really come out fast and start strangling your opponent to death and bashing them against the curb. I mean, this is... This is the set. If you have a deck that you like, if you like I like Rule, there'll be a card for you. So yep. no matter what guild you are, Dragon's Maze is full of goodies, and we made sure to jam-pack it with, with exciting, powerful cards. Yeah. This is one of the most kind of dense sets that we have done in years. It really it had, it had a lot of things to live up to, and we spent a lot of time making sure that we were hitting all the notes and that we were, you know, all the, the things that people were looking for, we wanted to make sure to deliver on as many of those as possible. So... Yeah, right. Gavin's right. You know, if you if there if there's a guild you like, if there's a deck you like, there's going to be something for you in Dragon's Maze. Right. Well, and the Maze Runners are really exciting too. Yeah, that's that's a great one, example. We have one for every guild, so that's yep. something right. to look forward to for every person. Yep. They will have gotten to see Melek, the Is It Maze Runner, on Monday. And one of my favorite cards in the set. I love this card. It, it's it's really cool. I love this like the flavor behind it. It's the the the, the guild of the Is It went. You know what? Why should we pick a runner? Let's make a runner. Like, how cool, how, how is it, is that? It's very is it. <laughs> how is it, is it? How is I, it, is it? I was trying to get there. I couldn't get the words together in my mouth fast enough. So, so thank you, Sam. Well, yeah. and for people like me who like ground trampoly things, you have the gruel Rurik Thar, mm-hmm. uh, who whenever player casts a non-creature spell, he deals six damage to that player. So, like, yeah, try to counter my spells. Try to kill my creatures. Right. How about six and damage? And he has reach. He also has reach. Yeah. Right. So he's, 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 a, he's a beast. He's both yeah. got the ability to reach and also reach in winning the game. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, he's got multiple kinds of reach. Why don't we run down what uh, what Melek does so that people sure. out there kind of know. So Melek, is it Paragon, is four blue-red for a 2-4. <laughs> you play with the top card of your library revealed... Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery from the top of your library, you copy it. So this guy can do some really insane stuff. One of my favorite cards of all time is Future Sight. And this guy's like a Future Sight that gives you double. You you cast your lightning bolt off, off the top of your deck, you've got two lightning bolts. You know, he helps you when you win counter wars even. If you have a counter spell on top of your deck and your opponent plays a spell, you can, you can counter it. And there are two counter spells suddenly heading had, had, had at that spell. Right. So the card can do some really insane things. You should definitely check out the, the column yesterday where it's previewed because... He comes up with some pretty crazy stuff to do there. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. Uh, I I love Melek. Uh, I love all of the Maze Runners, like my own children. I'm not sure. <laughs> not sure. No, that's not true. I, I really like them though. I'm really excited to to get to play with all, all of them. Uh, I'm I'm eager to see them in Commander, especially. I yeah, gonna... I was wondering if maybe you might build a Commander deck with Melek. A Commander deck? I'm gonna have like six Commander decks. <laughs> you should have ten. One for each guild. Well, I'm saying just six with Melek. I'll have oh. I'll have <laughs> I'll have one for all of them. Uh, let's let's go ahead and transition from awesome cards to playing with awesome cards. With the, talking about the Dragon's Maze pre-release, we've we've talked about this a couple of times. You know, whether it was the Pax East panel, we've talked about it on the website. We want you guys to really, as with the past couple of pre-releases, we want you guys to be ready for and understand what you're getting in for, what your activity is going to be, and how awesome it's going to be because this is going to be awesome. Uh, it is. Slightly different because, like we said, this is Dragon's Maze where you have all ten guilds. You don't just have five. So even though you'll have guild packs where you can go in and pick your guild, you will also get a, a second guild as part of your guild pack. And we're, what we're doing that's really cool and I'm really excited about is this is the first time for a pre-release we've ever given you four packs from a small set. 
right? Yeah. You, you'll I mean, see a lot of really exciting Dragon's Maze cards come out because you get, you know, your one guild pack of Gate Crash and your one guild pack of Return to Ravnica, but really the focus is on these brand new Dragon's Maze cards. And you just have that much more chance of finding your your Maze Runner or, um, you know, even Rawl Zarek himself, right? One more pack to open up, you could just open up the man. Right. I was going to say, it's only really exciting if you like new cards, and really, <laughs> who likes that? I do want to make sure you all comprehend, though, that you're going to be deck building with all ten guilds, potentially. Like the, you'll, you'll have your seed packs, you'll have your two guild packs, uh, and they'll help guide you what colors to look for. But it can be definitely daunting as you start laying out cards. And I want to encourage you all, don't, don't feel daunted. Uh, focus on the ones that you've got the guild packs for. Keep an eye out for anything awesome that might be separate colors or different guilds that might possibly sway the way you're deck building. But don't let the the 15 p- potential piles of cards uh, scare you off when you're deck building for the pre-release. Well, well it's, I- also, it's also completely acceptable to go in and just make it out of the colors that your guilds are in. Like, if, if you just want to focus on those colors, you'll have enough to do that. Like, if it's your first time playing Sealed or playing in a pre-release and you just want, like, the easiest way to build your deck, just pull out those colors, set the other ones aside, and go for it. Well, the other great thing about Dragon's Maze Limited, too, is you can do, like, what Tifo is talking about, where you focus on your three colors, but it's also very easy to splash in this format. I mean, right. there's a gate in every booster. There's some other great ways to fix your mana that you guys find out about later. And uh, so say you pick Boros and Rakdos, but you open up Rawls Eric, it's not that hard to get the, the blue mana you need to cast your awesome Planeswalker. You can splash it in any number of ways. So uh, keep your eye out for things like that, too, which can help you play one or two off-color cards. Right. So, Stad, your Rakdos, when you're going to the Wizards of the Coast pre-release, what guild are you hoping to get as your secret ally? Uh, Orzov. You're hoping for Orzov. That they're, they're my favorite guild out of... Uh, Gate Crash, and I, I feel like that deck works really well together. Awesome. So. That I fully approve of. I also love Orzov. So Tifa, your Simic, mm-hmm. what guild are you hoping as your secret ally? Selesnia. Uh, okay, I can I can see that. That makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. Yep. Gavin, you're... Is it? Well, I'm doing a really good job of being Demir, I think. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So you're, you're Demir. What are you hoping is your secret ally? Uh, Azorius. The, the flyers from Azorius match with some of the Cypher cards is a great combination because you can get your guys through. You have the detain mechanic. Uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun to play, and I know it's a lot of fun to play. So I'm excited <laughs> to, to try and get that. But who knows? I could end up with anything, right? You don't right. know what, who your secret ally is going to be. It's yep. a secret. You get to go into the pre-release. You get to pick your chosen guild, and then you, you'll have an option of there's four potential secret ally guilds for each guild you, uh, in the in the pre-release packs. So, Trick, I know that you're picking Boros. Obviously, obviously. And what would you like your secondary? Uh, I actually want to go Boros-Rakdos oh. because they're both about getting into the red zone and attacking. Very uh, similar to Boros uh, or Zop. I mean, we, we're going to overlap colors. But... Right. Well, we can, we can be friends. We can work together. Frenemies, I think, is really Fren- the Frenemies, thing obviously. For, right? <laughs> you guys would make a great rom-com. I mean, even, even Rakdos... Amongst themselves are frenemies. Does Rakdos have any real friends? No. Everyone's friends. Everybody is Rakdos's friend. <laughs> That's right. So coming up, April 27th, 28th is the pre-release. Make sure you talk to your stores. If they offer pre-registration, definitely get in there. Uh, that way you might be able to request your guild ahead of time to be sure you get that guild. And just get ready. Mark your calendars. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great time, and you are going to regret not being there. Right? Everyone yes. agree? Well, hopefully, you won't regret not being there because you'll be because you'll be there. You got yeah. you got to have a chance to uh, you know to choose your guild and and try to win 
the, the, the whole implicit maze quest. That's right. Yep. Your guild. Uh, I, I hope to be there spell slinging, and I will be interested to see what guild pulls ahead in Planeswalker points yep. for the finale. I, I will be fascinated to keep an eye on Twitter and see what everyone's talking about, how their stores, pre-releases are doing, what guild is winning their store's implicit maze, and I will, of course, be rooting for Boros. Uh, let's uh, let's tell everyone how to get in touch with us. Tifa, how can they how can they tell us or ask us questions? They can go onto Twitter. What's your Twitter name? At Tifa Mayan, and I definitely want to hear about people's pre-release experiences. You can always find me on Twitter at Gavin Verhey, which is just my name with no spaces. I'm really creative. <laughs> at Samstod, S A M S T O D. Oh, that's more creative. You took off the last three letters. Well, I took off the first two. I'm at Trick Jared. And then, of course, you can email us dailymtgcast at wizards.com. Uh, this was a back-to-back episode. We will go back to our every-other-week schedule starting now, so you'll, we'll be back in two weeks. We'll be back in two weeks to talk to you more about Dragon's Maze. 